Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. Both cover recruiting for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and a field of On3.com. And this weekend could be, could be a big visit weekend for Ole Miss. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yo, yo. Before we start, want to get your thoughts on Eternals. No one cares about what my thoughts on Eternals. Well, I do. And we both watched it last night. Fine. Okay. Okay. That's fair. You're a tough critic. How are you? I'm good. It's a lovely, uh, lovely morning. Uh, finally got to uh, try out this new coffee place in town that has incredibly weird hours. Uh, they had good espresso. So outside of that, we're good. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Look, it's a big visit weekend for Ole Miss. Jackson Dart, the USC quarterback. Michael Trigg, the USC tight end. DJ James, the Oregon cornerback. That's at least three that are supposed to be in this weekend. They tried to get Osiris Torrance in. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. He visited LSU, so did Kyron Lacey, his teammate at Louisiana. I would be surprised if they ended up anywhere but LSU at this point. And Ole Miss has been working on Kobe Hudson. He commits to Central Florida. The Auburn wide receiver commits to Central Florida earlier this week. But just because a kid commits, like you saw with Isaiah Nayor, who visited Ole Miss this week despite being committed to Tennessee, nothing is binding these kids to a school. The hard dates you need to know, January 18th, that's when classes start for Ole Miss, and then January 31st is the ad drop date. So they have time, and they'll continue to pursue these guys, and these are the guys that they most want. So I guess this weekend is they expect three. They could have more. They could have less. Yeah, and, you know, we hadn't talked about Mason Brooks was in town as well. They're kind of mixing up uh, – well, let's say mixing up. They're spreading it out. They're They're – they're trying to get as many high-profile instant impact guys in town. Not, a, I would say probably strategically spacing it out to where they can put a lot of attention um, and put a lot of emphasis on each one as they are in town. Mason Brooks was in town earlier this week. The offensive lineman from Western Kentucky. Uh, I think it's probably Auburn or Ole Miss at this point. Um, you mentioned Nayor, the Wyoming receiver, was in town. Uh, Things are still kind of up in the air for Deion Smith. They don't know. The academic cloud around him is, is significant, and I think the staff is wanting to make sure that they have a backup plan and or, uh, you know, can pivot, call an audible, and go somewhere else if he's not el- eligible for 2022. So, um, but yeah, Nayor being in town, um, I believe he is either leaving today or he has already left. Um, so that was big. And then, like you said, uh, you got two big ones, and then DJ James is scheduled to be in town. Um, I don't know the actual time frame of when Dart and Triggs 
visit at Oklahoma is done. Uh, I know Dart was there late afternoon yesterday. Trig was kind of late morning, early afternoon. Um, I would imagine they're probably staying through today. Visit will be done sometime tonight, and then they'll leave in the morning. Um, but they're the two big ones. And like you said, DJ James, another guy that Ole Miss is uh, tangling with Auburn for. Um, Alabama, originally from Alabama, I should say. Um, the Tigers look to be in a good spot for him, but he's still taking visits. So um, even in the transfer portal, you got to follow the visits. It feels like Ole Miss is tangling with Auburn for a lot of guys. It's kind of – I mean, you had Jason Jones, um, who I haven't heard much about him in about a week and a half, but I know Ole Miss is still recruiting him because, like you said, they can commit, but until they um, actually enroll, you know, they're still technically up for grabs. Um, they're still recruiting him. Uh, I know Clemson is recruiting him still, even though he's committed to Auburn. Um, but, yeah, it's a – I don't know. Maybe it's just – two programs that are in a similar mindset of uh, reloading via the portal for instant impact and quality depth guys. But yeah, it just seems like Kiffin and Harson are going head to head for a lot of guys. In Brian Harson's case, much lesser in Lane Kiffin's case, because Lane Kiffin's completely secure, but Brian Harson's already got a split divided fan base for him. And they're already ready to get rid of him. A lot of them are. So for him, he's using the transfer portal to bring guys in because it's a one year guarantee. That's all he's got get the best players you possibly can that can impact winning now. Lane Kiffin, he's always had that approach to begin with. He was kind of out in front of the whole portal strategy. Mm-hmm. He was doing this before it became trendy. Go get guys that can help you right now because he just operates year to year. The way he looks at this Ole Miss roster is similar to Brian Harson, even though he's got security at Ole Miss. But that's why you see Ole Miss and Auburn involved in so many of the same prospects because it's the same kind of approach and strategy. They want to get instant impact that can step in and start today. And I wonder if, as long as Lane Kiffin is the head coach of Ole Miss, if this is what it's going to be like, not just as far as the portal strategy, but in December, sign this amount of kids. That's going to be our high school recruiting window. And then I'm going to turn strictly to the portal because I don't feel like they're in on any high school kids right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it Benison was the last one, you know, I just thought of this, you mentioned how Kiffin was kind of ahead of the curve pre portal, but I mean, he was doing <clears throat> the instant impact transfer thing at FAU. I mean, you remember he signed Chris Robeson, formerly of Oklahoma. He was his quarterback at FAU and they won the league. Um, BJ Emmons, the, uh, I believe he was a former five-star running back that was at Alabama had a pit stop at FAU. So he's been doing the, immediate impact transfer even before the portal was a thing so and i believe he's mentioned it or at least phrased it like this in press conferences um you've probably written about it um he kind of referred to the early signing period as draft day and then after that it's you know you know it's once the trade trade window opens and then it's you know free agency so um it's a new age of recruiting i know it's taking people a, a while to get used to that um and we've, we've, we've written about it. We've talked about it. You know, it's the instant gratification nature of our society where people, hey, hey, we, we want it now. We want to see it. It's that J.G. Wentworth mindset. Um, but they're, they're being patient. They're sticking to the plan. Um, I think they got a, you know, rankings-wise, numbers-wise, I mean, it reflected. I think they got an excellent signing class. They filled some needs. Now, they did miss on some guys. Let's not sugarcoat that. They missed on Travion Williams. They missed on Jaheim Otis. 
Um, there are some dudes out there that they wanted, but they didn't get. Now, this is where in the portal, they can go and try to fix those. They can go try to plug those holes that they still have. Um, but yeah, I mean, this weekend's huge. Um, if and when Dart and Trigg show up, I mean, I think it's going to be the the full court press of all four court presses. I mean, it's going to be some Nolan Richardson shit then. It's going to be, I think that they have zeroed in. That's their quarterback. That's their tight end. Um, we talked about it, I believe, earlier this week. We've talked about it on the board. I've talked about it in my chats on the message board at omspirit.com. They have to have a tight end as offense. Kiffin wants to have a tight end. It, it, it essentially makes his offense go when he has a playmaker at the tight end position. You saw what he did with O.J. Howard at Alabama, Harrison Bryant at FAU, Kenny Yaboa in his first year at Ole Miss. They missed it this year. Casey Kelly was banged up. Now he played his guts out. He wasn't 100%. He made some plays. He made some big catches on the road at Tennessee. Um, he was a huge part of the game plan in the Outback Bowl against Indiana. And then he had the injury in the offseason. So he was never 100%. Chase Rogers is, was banged up. And he's not really a dynamic playmaking guy that you can rely on to open up the middle of the field and, and open things up for other people. So Michael Trigg is certainly the guy that you can put in the offense and it will definitely open things up for guys on the outside, the running game, everything. So this is the weekend of all weekends for them to really make a splash. And um, look, there's no hard numbers um, with adding in transfers to a recruiting class um, to affect the ranking. But I would probably feel very comfortable saying if they are able to land a guy like Jackson Dart, a Michael Trigg, a DJ James, an Isaiah Nayor, a Mason Brooks. I mean, that's essentially getting you into quote unquote top 15, top 12 no, your top class 10. category. You're top 10. Cause right now I think they're top yeah. 15. Okay. I'll, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's fair. I mean, Jackson Dart is, is a, is a dude. I mean, he is make no bones about it. This isn't, you know, okay, well, they missed on this guy and this guy and this guy. Okay, they did. But if he's the guy that quote unquote falls in your lap, January fall in their lap, whatever. Man. Well, just in the terms of, well, they missed on Dylan Gabriel, they missed on Spencer Rattler. Well, that doesn't matter. If you get Jackson Dart, you, you got Jackson Dart. Did they miss on Spencer Rattler though? Well, they worked on him they, and tried to get him they on tried. A visit. Yeah. Two weeks they tried to get him on campus. He didn't show. Yeah. So I guess you could technically classify it as a miss. I think it's a miss. They tried and they didn't get him. But the Shane, the Shane Beamer connection, everything makes sense. Same thing with Dylan Gabriel. He, he wanted to go out to, to L.A. for NIL. Now he's going to Oklahoma because of his former coach. That makes sense. Um, Bo Nix briefly kicked the tires there. Right, OC, but Ole Miss never really that. got serious about Bo Nix. Same thing with Jack Miller. So those can't be classified as misses. Dylan Gabriel is an absolute miss. And maybe yeah. you can stretch and say Spencer Rattler's you a miss could, too. You could say it's somewhat of a miss with Knicks because – But he never got serious about him at all. He texted him a little uh, bit, but that's what you do with everybody. That's what happens when you reach out to anybody of consequence that hits the portal, and that's what Ole Miss has done. It goes back to what we were saying to start. Any guy that could potentially help them, they're at least going to kick the tires on that. But Lane Kiffin never got serious about Bo Nix, ever. If he's putting down the fishing pole to, to pick up a phone and call you, I'd say that's a little bit of an effort. Like, my whole point is it's whatever if people are like, well, you know, he's our eighth option at quarterback. Well, the, who cares? But he's not. If, if Jackson Dart is who you land. The true miss is Dylan Gabriel. They absolutely wanted him. Even after he committed 
to UCLA. They still wanted him. That's a miss. Caleb Williams is going to USC. The first thing I got, and it was as source as it can be, was that he's not going to USC. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember hearing that too, and I was like, man, I can't rule it out. Well, here's the thing that's so much different than high school recruiting. Typically, parents play a big role in recruiting with high school players, especially because they're traveling with them. They're involved in the decision-making process. With these players that are in the portal, they're handling their own recruitment, and it's free agency. So what am I getting? What can you give me? I might have said to Ole Miss or Auburn that I'm going to come in on Saturday. But if you, Oklahoma or TCU, if you can offer me more, I'll just come to your school. They don't have to worry about their parents. Their parents aren't involved. So you got Michael Triggs' dad saying, if I could make the decision, my son would go to Ole Miss. But Michael Trigg, he's making his own decision. It's completely independent of his parents. It is a one-man recruitment. And what is that? Free agency. So if you can find a way to shore up the windows, it won't be as wild, wild west as it is right now. It's just really interesting to watch how it's kind of transformed. And I feel like we're headed towards the December signing period being the high school signing period. And then once that's done on December 15th, whatever it is, now the calendar after a two-week dead period and Christmas is over, now you've got a one-month window leading up to, what, February 2? And then you'll have to figure out some things as far as enrollment periods and stuff like that. But effectively, transfer portal recruiting will take over what used to be the traditional high school recruiting period. Remember how it used to be? Everything mm-hmm. heated up in December, and it was a mad dash from December to January all the way up to the first Wednesday in February. But players are making their decisions independent of anyone else. See, I thought you were going to go the other way with that bit about independent decisions because Caleb Williams is still a youngster, 18, yeah, 19. But if and his he's dad, just a like freshman. I was told, if his dad was really playing such a big role in his recruitment, he wouldn't be going to USC. Is there, are you saying they, they aren't fans of Lincoln Riley, or you're just saying that's what I was told from somebody that would absolutely okay. not? Because I guess collectively as a family, they made the decision to move on because they weren't a fan of, or I guess the word was they didn't think that Jeff Levy would get him properly. They didn't like the Levy hire. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't think he would prepare him for the NFL. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess because because you and I both heard from several people, he's not going to USC. He's going to do something different, fresh start, blah, blah, blah. But then once he showed up, I was like, okay, now it's real. And then he stayed for a long weekend. Um, and then now we posted in the thread. Um, Simon Gibbs of On3 posted an article this morning of a you know, clip of Caleb Williams in a SC uniform. Oh, that's so um, creepy. I, I know. It's like a grainy screenshot of an <laughs> iPhone video. It's um, so creepy. Now, Everything that you hate about recruiting. That's oh, it. Yeah. It, now, it wasn't Simon that took the picture. It was some guy named Matty Light on Twitter who did it. Um, Does it so make I, it any better? Oh, no, it's still weird. But, yeah, could it be just your typical putting on the jersey, taking pictures, or could it be getting ready to make an announcement? I think that – and here's another thing is that everybody thinks that Oklahoma is going to go after Lincoln Riley and USC for tampering because it's, oh, you, you go and you're the head coach of the Trojans and all of a sudden – the quarterback's going to follow you there. Um, you know, there are some people that think, you know, well, you know, maybe he's going to take a couple of I've heard extra that Oklahoma has visits. real proof, has real proof that Lincoln Riley tampered. 
And tampering's happening with every school. Every single school say, is doing can, it. Can they actually can they actually get in trouble for it? Is I mean the NCAA. Well, you can get in trouble for it. That's why Ole Miss gave up on Fabian Lovett and what was the cornerback defensive back's name? Jerry and Jones. But that yeah, was Jerry a couple Jones. years ago. But it's the I same like thing though. Everybody was tampering back it then. It is, but it's also USC. But it's true. But it's supposedly illegal according to NCAA transfer rules. You can't tamper. It's like that in the NBA too, in free agency. You can't tamper. So maybe they want him to take a couple extra quote unquote visits to make it look like he was right. mulling over his decision with other schools when mm-hmm. he's really not. He's just gonna announce for the Trojans. I don't know. I I, I don't know. People were some were holding out hope that, oh, maybe he'll show up in Oxford. Eh, I don't think so. I think that Lane Kiffin certainly would love to have Caleb Williams as a quarterback. But I think now it's very real that Dart and Trigg are coming to Oxford. Well, and the John David Baker connection is the is the the kicker here. That's what I've been told over and over by uh, Scott Schrader. We are SC, and then as of midday yesterday, those visits had not been shorn up, not been locked in. Does that concern you? Uh, well, I did. I did talk to someone in Oxford that said the expectation was always Saturday they weren't sure if Oklahoma was going to happen before or after so as of now the plan has been Saturday Sunday visit so that's what is the expectation now they still have to show up sure but I think that that's been the plan all along they want to get them in town I would think probably because it lines up with students being back the town will be a little bit you know how Oxford gets when students get back. It's got a little buzz to it. People are excited about being back in town. Probably a little better to take them around town, go out to eat, see the sights, what have you. The last I had heard from my source in Oxford was Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, the TCU thing is is interesting because that was reported as a potential visit. I don't know. I haven't heard anyone confirm any plans of him going to Fort Worth? LSU wants At both of them. Two hours, 51 minutes, 183 miles, if you want. I did that. not know that. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Zach and I both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. Let's play a round of buy or sell. It's Buy or Sell brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. If you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire. If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits and college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. It's buy or sell and we start where we began. And that's with Jackson Dart. If Jackson Dart gets on campus this weekend, buy or sell Ole Miss, as the front runner for Jackson Dart. Bye. I mentioned the connection with John David Baker. He recruited both he and Trigg to USC. 
personally recruited Trig. Trig's dad said as much. They like the usage of tight end in the offense. And I think that Dart and Trig are, I mean, they're former roommates at USC, they're close friends. Um, you know, rumored to be a quote unquote package deal. They want to play together, they like each other. Um, and I just think the appeal of playing for Lane Kiffin, um, I, look, Dart has a computer, he has a television, he has eyes and ears. He saw what Matt Corral did uh, in just two years with Lane Kiffin. I think that that's appealing. Um, I've said my piece about Oklahoma. I, it's just weird. I don't know. They have Dylan Gabriel. Um, they brought in Chuba Purdy. Um, they have Nick Evers signed. He's on the roster now. I don't know who else is on the roster, but they've got quarterbacks there. The path to be a starter in Power 5 football, as he was in 2021 at USC, is far more clear in Oxford than it is in Norman. I think if he shows up, I think Glenn Kiffin – uh, who has had a Zoom call with him, who is personally recruiting him, uh, along with Charlie Weiss Jr., who has been working behind the scenes as well, and John David Baker recruiting them both. I think if they get on campus, I think that they go ahead and solidify it. So, yes, if they are physically in Oxford, Mississippi, I buy it. We'll get right back to Zach Barry in this edition of Talk of Champions after Zach tells you about a couple of proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on South Lamar in Oxford. 10,000 square feet of indoor space and three-quarters of an acre of outdoor space complete with a full stage, indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, a children's playground, and parking on site for you to come and enjoy all of their open fire barbecue and the fixings that come with it. And now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask them about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for that next big celebration and or the Grove party in the fall, or if you want to inquire about doing some catering in the spring for Ole Miss baseball. They are your quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. Football season is back at Ole Miss. As we all know, we are rolling in to the end of the 2021 season. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. 
but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Buy or sell, Isaiah Nayor is a more likely transfer portal land at wide receiver than Deion Smith right now. That's a good one. I would say buy because, again, I, what's the academic situation? Is he going to be able to transfer without being eligible? Does he have to get these credits done at LSU? The unknowns outweigh the knowns at this point. And Nayor coming to campus despite being committed to Tennessee, look, he could still end up at Tennessee. He could still play for the balls. But how committed are you if you're going somewhere else to go see what's up at, in Oxford? I mean, you reported it early on. Despite the commitment, they were still recruiting him hard. He shows up. I think they were probably very honest with him about the opportunity. Braylon Sanders is gone. Dante Drummond is gone. Jacor Pearson is gone. They need somebody on the outside to go on the other side of Jonathan Mingo. Braylon Brown still coming back off that injury. He's not a shoe-in to be the outside receiver. They need somebody that can stretch the field, can make plays. Nayor has shown the ability to do that, and I think that I would buy that because nobody knows about Deion Smith. He came for a visit. All signs were pointing to Ole Miss, but the academic stuff, when's he going to be eligible? Is it concerning, though, that Ole Miss knew since about October once Deion Smith hit the portal, and that was widely assumed. Once he hit the portal – Ole Miss would emerge as the prohibitive favorite to land him, and yet it didn't have its ducks in a row as far as knowing what the academic situation was. Is that a sign of concern? I mean, I think so. Uh, I mean, did they inquire about it early on? Did someone lie to somebody? I mean, even if they lie, you got to do your homework and figure out what the transcript says. Um, It's certainly – something that's a big question of, Hey, what, what's the deal? Why, why didn't we, why weren't we aware of this? I mean, I think if you're going to get down the road with a guy, bring him in for a visit, you know, pose in front of a car with Lane Kiffin and and do all the the tweeting and, and all that. I mean, if you're not going to be eligible, you know, what's up? I think that that's certainly a, a, a concern if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to bring in this guy that can, can immediately put a jolt into the offense as an outside receiver and then, Oh, sorry, he's not eligible. So yeah, that's a concern for sure. What'd you think about the news yesterday? All signs pointing towards Chris Kiffin returning to Ole Miss and then Lane Kiffin hired Markel Blackwell, formerly of Houston to replace Kevin Smith as running backs coach. What'd you think about those moves? I, you know, we talked about it yesterday. I didn't know too much about Blackwell outside of his playing days. I do 
briefly remember him um, playing for the Bulls back in the CSS Fox Sports Net days when they were making the jump from one double A to one A. I remember him as a quarterback, but um, didn't really know much about him as a coach. But after I did some digging, um, impressive resume. Uh, Coach Kareem Hunt at Toledo had some really good running backs there. Um, went to West Virginia, did the same thing. And then this past year uh, at Houston, Alton McCaskill, a former Ole Miss target, um, had a hell of a season, almost a thousand yards rushing, um, 16 touchdowns, um, had a really good game against Auburn in their bowl game. Um, and then uh, you had said it and then, um, on three reported as well. Uh, he was, I believe the runner up to become Nick Saban's running backs coach before they hired Robert Gillespie. So, um, very talented guy respected in the industry. And then, um, his resume speaks for itself when it comes to, uh, putting guys in position to be successful, uh, as a running back. So, um, young, energetic guy, I think he's going to mesh well with the staff. They have a good mix now of, um, you know, uh, Randall Joyner, Jake Thornton, John David Baker, uh, Chris Partridge is still relatively young. Uh, Chris Kiffin's still relatively young. Um, I, it's a very hungry, energetic staff that are still uh, pretty young in the industry compared to uh, to others. Um, what I reported yesterday, already hearing rumblings that Houston freshman running back Alton McCaskill could follow a new running backs coach, Markwell Blackwell, to Ole Miss. The Rebels obviously can and won't talk to him unless he gets in, but I've heard his name a couple of times. McCaskill set a school record for touchdowns scored by a true freshman last season. 16 were rushing touchdowns in all. He ran for 961 yards and 189 carries. He had 21 receptions. And Henry Parrish entered the portal yesterday, presumably to follow Kevin Smith to Miami. He's a Miami native. Buy or sell Alton McCaskill as a soon-to-be transfer portal target for Ole Miss. Ooh, as soon to be, Ooh, did, I mean, yeah, I'd buy that. No, right. I, I was gonna say he's got to get in the portal first, but since yeah. you worded it as soon to be, then yeah, I'll buy that because I, I mean, I, <laughs> Blackwell obviously was the reason why he chose Houston. Um, and then yeah, I mean, he's still young, got a couple years left, and then you, you yeah, you want to follow your guy to, to go play in the SEC, um, show that you're capable of putting up numbers in the best conference in college football, that's certainly going to help your draft stock. And um, I mean, you, you think about how Kiffin likes to operate with the running game and um, now Kevin Smith's gone, but I would think that Kiffin is probably similar in that aspect of rotating guys in, keeping guys fresh when they go tempo. Um, I mean, that's a hell of a one-two punch with Zach Evans and Alton McCaskill. And then you've got Quinshaw Jenkins and control Bullock too. Um, that's a, it went from being a bleak to a talented running back room. If you, you can add him along with Evans. So um, yeah, I'll buy that. With Henry Parrish gone, the room is Zach Evans, Kentrell Bullock and Quinshawn Judkins. There's some concern about Quinshawn Judkins because he signed with Ole Miss primarily because of Kevin Smith. Just what happens with Quinshawn Judkins, if anything, buy or sell because Henry Parrish is gone. Snoop Connor, Jerry on right. Ely that now, Running back, even with Zach Evans landing him in the portal, running back is again a priority spot for Ole Miss in the portal. I would think so. I mean, Bullock has played, but he's not a proven guy. Played sparingly, mop up duty. He's had some 
some touches in some big games, but nothing substantial to think that he would be able to be a surefire backup for Zach Evans. Um, and then Judkins is, you know, he's coming out of high school. It's a big learning curve to come in the SEC. Um, I mean, you mentioned McCaskill, the potential to get into the portal. I think if he did get in the portal, I would put Ole Miss up there as a potential landing spot for him. Um, and so, yeah, I would say it's – I'd buy that, that it's a, it's a need now. Because, I mean, look, the room has changed considerably, as you wrote yesterday. So, again, the ability to keep guys fresh when you're going tempo, you're trying to go fast, and you, you can't just run Zach Evans into the ground. I mean, you want to have some guys that can come in and spell him and give him a breather. So, I think that that's a, that's a surefire buy to uh, add at least one more impact guy. Buy or sell, Ole Miss will add one of Mason Brooks or Osiris Torrance in the portal. Mm, that's tough because I don't think they're getting Torrance. So you're putting it all on Mr. Brooks. Right. Um, I'm going to say sell for now just because Auburn is still lingering. There was a lot of buzz that he was going to end up at Auburn when he was on his visit. Now Auburn had a couple guys announced they were staying another year. So maybe that works in Ole Miss's favor, but I still don't have enough there to say bye. But they do like him a lot. They would take him absolutely if he wanted to come. He did come in for a visit. That is uh, seemingly his last visit as of now. So Ole Miss got the the last say there. But uh, I still don't have enough there to buy it, so I'll say sell. I feel like we should know more about Mason Brooks. Hey, man, these, these poor guys don't talk. They, uh, for the most part, have already – they pit through the the rigmarole of recruiting and talking to reporters that they, they don't care to really talk much. Um, I mean, I think out of all the guys I've reached out to over the past three or four months, I mean, I've maybe talked to two and if, I mean, it was just a couple text messages. You have the benefit of being there to, to grab them when they're leaving the hotel. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, it's, it's business at this point. It's business decision you're you're trying to get your visits figure out what the deal is and make a decision so um so yeah it's it's tough to really gauge i mean this is where you truly have to follow the business and talk to some sources that you trust around oxford in the industry who can talk to more people and, and get a sense of what they're doing but yeah it's it's tough but yeah i mean i think we'll probably know a little bit more I'll definitely reach out again to Mason Brooks. I'm sure you will too, to try to get a sense of how the visit went, but hard to really gauge at this point, because I do think Auburn is still working him, even though he took a visit to Ole Miss. What do you think of Henry Parrish transferring? Because here's what I feel about it. Longtime listeners of Talk of Champions know, I'm not a big fan of Henry Parrish, the player. I think he's a good player, solid player. I don't think he's a dynamic player. I think his usage was a little bit, above his station love the kid good kid hope he has tremendous success wherever he goes which is probably Miami but I don't see it as much of a loss Uh, I think he was Kevin Smith's guy and he played more because he was Kevin Smith's guy when you watched him out there and I don't pretend to be some expert I'm not an expert I can't break down film I don't pretend to be a guy that can break down film but when you watch some guys you just see so I know if you want a con for Henry Parrish he was a little light in the pants um, I thought the usage was a little bit of a head scratcher at times. Um, it didn't make sense. What I was saying, though, is I don't pretend to be an expert. And when you would watch games, Snoop Connor, even though the stats didn't bear it out, 
he popped. He popped compared to the other ones. Henry Parrish was effectively Jerry on Italy light. He didn't pop. He didn't jump out at you. No, that's that's fair. I mean, again, I, I think Snoop Connor was the best running back almost had last year, and there were times when he wasn't on the field, and it didn't make sense. But the stats wouldn't back that up. Jerry on Ely has significantly more success than Snoop Connor, despite only getting like three more carries. And you would look at their usage and say, no way, three more carries, but it's something that minuscule. It's that close. But Snoop is an awesome some, running back. Almost would welcome him back with open arms. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, if you want some critical analysis, I'll say this. Jerry Neely disappeared in a lot of games against power five opponents. I questioned his vision a good bit. Um, tried to rely on his speed a little bit too much. And I just still, I, I don't understand why he would be the guy on third and short, fourth and short. When you've got a guy like Snoop Connor, who's 225 pounds, and is clearly the guy who can get the tough yardage, and you still have Jerry Neely or Henry Parrish in there. Never understood that. Now, maybe that was favoritism, like you said, with Kevin Smith, because Parrish was his guy. Snoop Connor was the guy for short yardage in the red zone, the guy to punch it in. I always questioned that during the season. I thought that that was a big time head scratcher. Why was he not the guy? coming in to get the the tough yard, two yards on third or fourth down. I never understood that. You could at least um, watch, though, and know what Snoop could do well and what Jerrion could do well. I never could figure out what is the reason for him being in now. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I thought a lot of yeah. it was like backwards, where they would throw the ball to Connor out of the backfield, where Snoop is a capable receiver out of the backfield, but that's more of what Ely and Parrish are, are good at. Or supposed get to Get them do. the ball in space. Use Connor – on inside zones, on short yardage, that made the most sense. I, I never understood that. I, that was the one thing that I continued to question all year with with Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin and their offense was why Snoop Connor wasn't getting more carries. I mean, Snoop was a guy that would, uh, I mean, the Arkansas game, yeah, he had the big, wow, long runs, but, I mean, you can't take it away from him. He still did it. He was the guy that I thought, okay, if you need a tough two to three yards, you put him in and a lot of times they didn't. And I thought that was, I think it played a role in him getting out and going to the NFL. Cause well, you know who the best running back actually was though. Who Matt Corral. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was yardage wise, but Snoop is what, what, what is he on the career touchdown list now? I mean, he got put it in the end zone plenty. Going to get right back to the conversation here on talk of champions. After Zach tells you about a couple more proud sponsors of talk of champions. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. 
call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Buy or sell, Ole Miss goes completely back to the drawing board if they don't land Jackson Dart at quarterback. I guess you buy that, but where do they go? I don't know. Would you then pivot to a Harrison Bailey or to a Chubba Purdy? But time is running out if you want to get him in here for spring practices to compete with a Luke Altmaier. Because Harrison Bailey doesn't come in and wow you and make you think, oh, yeah, going to keep winning nine, ten games. He's not that guy. He's not Jackson Dart. He's not Caleb Williams. He's not any of those guys. But he is at least viable competition for Luke Altmaier. Because Ken K. Sure. Dent isn't that. I'm not knocking the kid. It's just the way it is. He's not that. Luke Altmaier has nobody to really compete with him. And that's not what you ever want. And everybody says this when you talk about poor quarterbacks. Well, what about Luke Altmaier when you're discussing Jackson? It doesn't matter. Pick your quarterback that you like a lot. Every single person, there's always at least one or two that goes, what about Luke Altmaier? It has nothing to do with Luke Altmaier as a player. I mean, I think Ole Miss loves Luke Altmaier as a player. And you could just see it if you're like me and not an expert in any way, shape, or form, watching the football game in the Sugar Bowl and seeing how he performed. And you can see he's got some there there. But he can't just be handed the job. He has to compete. That's at every position. That is a tale as old as time in football. You have to compete for your spot. And he has nobody to really compete with him for his spot. So would then, if you miss out on Jackson Dart, pivoting to Harrison Bailey or whoever it might be, would that be a good idea? I mean, yeah, because I don't think King K. Dent's a power five backup quarterback. So you got to get somebody. I don't know who it is, though. I don't know who it is, though. I just don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. Are you surprised that Ole Miss has struggled like it has to land a quarterback? I thought for sure quarterback would have been done and done by now. Yeah, I'm surprised. I yeah. mean, I Kiffin's reputation precedes him when it comes to developing quarterbacks. I mean, you go back to what he did at Jonathan Crompton at Tennessee struggled mightily and then Kiffin gets there they go to a bowl game he has a good season at Alabama Blake Sims is a running back he turns him into a college football playoff semifinal quarterback Jake Coker they win a national title with Jake Coker um you know Chris Roberson a guy that just had a ton of issues at Oklahoma couldn't couldn't find the field he goes to FAU they figure it out they win the league they beat a really good SMU team in a bowl game comes to Ole Miss, Matt Corral puts up monster numbers in 2020. Um, and then this year, obviously finished seventh in the Heisman voting, probably has a good shot of at least getting invited to New York if he doesn't get hurt. And then, I mean, look, it, who knows what would have happened if uh, there weren't injuries to 
offensive linemen, receivers, all that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. I thought that when, you know, there was an opportunity to replace Matt Corral, there'd be guys jumping at it. But um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of a shock and, and I'm surprised that Kiffin hasn't had someone get there immediately and want to play for him. And then also I think it's just there are other power five schools that are more active in the portal now, um, you know, versus last year when Ole Miss was kind of one of the schools that took advantage of it and was really successful in the portal because there weren't a ton of other programs doing it. So, um, yeah, it's, I would say it's a big time shock with just his track record of being an offensive guru and they haven't been able to land anybody. But again, all that to say, if if it comes down to, you know, January 14th right now, let's say by this time next week, Jackson Dart is uh, your quarterback, then, you know, doesn't really matter because you got a guy that's super talented and someone that could, you know, raise your ceiling up to, you know, seven, eight wins. You sound way more confident than me about Jackson Dart. Hey, I'm just going off of what I have heard from people that either personally know him and know what he's looking for and then um, other sources around Oxford and then in L.A. that think that he is someone that is knows his capabilities as a quarterback, is hungry to continue to be a starter and continue to build towards being an NFL quarterback. I think you're just putting it out into the universe trying to make it happen. You're certainly entitled to your opinion. <laughs> this is, again, what what people um, – because that's what I, I leaned on Scott Schrader early on because he personally knows Jackson Dart, and he knows him as a person, as a player. And um, that was kind of early on when the, the Oklahoma stuff came up, and he was like, man, I just don't really see it. And I'm like, well, I'll take your word for it because you know him. Um, I don't know Jackson Dart, but, um, if you're trying to, I mean, that's kind of what the portal is and it's kind of what recruiting is essentially is putting the pieces together, finding connections, seeing what fits. Now, a lot of times it doesn't always go that way, but if, and when he shows up in Oxford, I think that that really adds to Ole Miss's chances of landing him. And again, belaboring the point of John David Baker being a factor here because of the connection to both of both he and Michael Trigg. So John David Baker um, and Chris Partridge have done absolutely dynamic work with all the coaching staff upheaval, everything that has happened over the course of the last two months. Those two dudes in particular, not the only ones, Derek Nix has done great work, Randall Joyner too, but those two in particular have killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, it's this young, hungry staff that they want to build something at Ole Miss, they, you know, it's their reputations at stake as well as Lane Kiffin's. So they got to recruit and they didn't recruit. I mean, I think their class in December was good, but if you ask them, I think that they would probably say it wasn't good enough. So how do you fix that? You go in the portal and you go hard. So I think, uh, but going back to Dart, Baker's key. Because, again, personally knows the kid. Personally knows Michael Trigg. He knows Michael Trigg's father. Sure, he knows Jackson Dart's parents. But bringing up Partridge takes me to my final buy or sell to wrap this thing up. Buy or sell, Zach Berry. Chris Partridge has leapfrogged, significantly leapfrogged. Jeff Levy 
as a candidate to become Ole Miss head coach whenever <laughs> the time comes. I've been seeing this yeah, a lot on would, the message board. I would say so. I have mixed thoughts on the exit from from Oxford for Jeff Levy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Partridge makes a lot of sense. And then recency bias obviously plays a factor here. But I mean, he's a guy that stuck around. Um, I don't mean, I think he has a hell of a pedigree for being a head coach. Um, he's been a head coach before at the high school level. Hasn't been one at the college level, but he's worked under a ton of, I mean, he's worked under Jim Harbaugh on the defensive side. He worked under Don Brown at Michigan. Now he's worked under DJ Durkin, another former head coach. Um, worked under Lane Kiffin, obviously. So, and again, he's young. He, I, I haven't asked Chris Partridge this, but I'm sure he wants to be a head coach eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, uh, I would buy that. I think that he has made a considerable leap to be the next head coach. I mean, I thought if it came to this, I thought DJ Durkin would be more of a candidate to come back than Jeff Levy, because I think Levy is more likely to stay at Oklahoma than, than Durkin would be to stay at A&M if the head coach spot opened up because Durkin absolutely wants to be in a, a, you know, and Levy does too, but Durkin is working to be a head coach again. But with the question, I would buy that, that Partridge has made a jump for sure. Just over Jeff Levy is kind of what I'm getting at. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. Both right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and affiliate of On3.com. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars in this podcast, can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Bradley Sal will be back with me twice next week. Gave him the week off. He does this out of the kindness of his heart. So I wanted to give him a break. Even though he didn't want it, he called me and said, wait, are we not doing the podcast? I'm just trying to give you a break. He'll be back. And me and Zach will be back too. See you then, buddy. See ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.